Hey, it's me, Ella. What are you doing right now? Are you getting ready for your day or are you taking a walk? Are you exercising right now? Maybe you're washing the dishes. I don't know. I'm just glad to be doing it with you. I am so excited today to share something with you. I am starting a new feature, a weekly feature called The Good, The Bad, and The Yummy. This is in addition to interviews and the regular show. This is a commitment from me to you to share something that I love, something that I don't love, and then a really easy, clean eating recipe with you every single week. I'm pumped. I've been wanting to do this for a long time, but I haven't had the resources to be able to do it. That means I haven't had the time. That's all. And now I'm making the time. So no matter what you'll be able to get from me every week, I will share with you the good, the bad, and the yummy. Here we go. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. All right, guys, I'm so pumped. This is the inaugural The Good, The Bad, and The Yummy episode, a quick and easy way to share things with you, answer some questions, share things that I'm always like dying to share with you, and I usually share via social media posts, but that just doesn't go deep enough. So this feature, this format, is going to be great for people who are asking questions about specific things, or you're seeing things that I'm sharing with you on social media and you want more info, and people who are just trying to stay on top of like what's the latest and greatest, or you hear things are good for you or bad for you, and you don't really know why. It's just something that you hear out there in the internets. So this show is going to be a means for me to share that type of content with you. I'm going to try to start off as many shows as possible with a moment of gratitude. So the first thing that I want to do is give a shout out to a few people, namely people who have taken the time to leave a review in iTunes, which is like the nicest thing that you can do in addition to sharing the show with your friends and loved ones. Do you know this? You've already heard it. Everybody else talks about it. I don't want to talk about it, but you know, iTunes promotes shows when the listeners like it enough to leave a review. And when they promote the show, they put it on their front page. And when they put it on the front page, people who don't know you find the show and then they share it and so on and so forth. And empires are born. But that's not what I'm interested in. What I'm interested in is sharing information with as many people as humanly possible. So thanks for showing up. Thanks for sharing. And a big fat thank you to Trisha and Benny from the UK, Yogini Ra from the USA. Actually, the rest are from the USA. Jane R, 1972. Jessica, 3404. Frog Paul. I love these names. Christine R, 411. All of you took the time to leave an iTunes review. You're awesome. Thanks. And I want to give a special thank you to Lauren from Melbourne. That's right, Lauren. I'm talking to you. You are in Melbourne, Australia, and you shared the show with Stephanie, who then moved to the UK, who I met at the London meetup. Because of Lauren just sharing the show with her friend or friends, I made a new friend in Stephanie, who I enjoyed meeting so much and hearing your story, Steph, when we hooked up in London. And a big, big fat shout out to the group of fabulous, beautiful women who I met with in London. And it was such a special time to be able to meet and interact with you guys in person. And I cannot wait to do so much more of that this year. That's my moment of gratitude. I appreciate you guys so, so much. Let's get into the good, the bad, and the yummy. Today's good 
is collagen and gelatin. This is actually an ingredient that I add to smoothies and people use it in many, many other ways. Some people add collagen to their hot coffee or to soup and other things. I stick to smoothies and smoothie bowls and I add collagen and or gelatin. And they are essentially, for the purposes of this conversation, they are essentially interchangeable. They have many, many, many of the same benefits, but they do offer different consistencies and they respond differently to different temperatures. But today we're talking about the benefits. Today I want to give you more detail as to why consuming collagen and or gelatin, and I'm going to keep saying collagen, I'm not going to say collagen and or gelatin the entire time because that's annoying. But today we're talking about what is collagen exactly and how you can incorporate it and why you would want to. The primary resource that I'm using for today's discussion on collagen is Dr. Josh Axe, and I will link to the article that I am citing in the show notes. And by the way, I don't know if everybody knows this, but when when you are looking at this podcast on an iPhone or on an iOS device, if you just click on see full description, then it will give you all of the links and the the link to the show notes and all of the resources that I talk about today. So I'm not quite sure how to do that on Android. It can't be much different, but I spend a good amount of time putting all of the links of anything that I mention, resources and actually the item itself, so that all you have to do is click on those show notes and get those links directly. So I try to make it really easy for you, but I don't always share with you how to find that. The other way to find it is just to go to onairwithella.com and search the episode number. And my search feature sometimes kind of sucks and I'm working on that. But right now for the most recent episodes, if you just type in the episode number, that should help. So anything I talk about on the good, the bad and the yummy or any interview that I ever do, I connect you directly to the links for any of the items that we talk about and or the resources. And Anytime I talk about anything that's fact-based or science-based, I'm always careful to share references with you because I think you know by now, I'm not a scientist. So all of that is there for the taking, including the stuff that we will talk about today. All right, so what is collagen? It's the most abundant protein in our bodies. It's found in muscles, it's found in bones, in skin, in blood vessels, your digestive system, and your tendons. And it's what helps give our skin strength and elasticity along with replacing dead skin cells. So when it comes to our joints and our tendons, in the simplest, simplest terms, it's the glue that holds the body together, if you will. So unfortunately, our body's collagen production naturally begins to slow down as we age. So thanks so much, aging, but that's what causes wrinkles and sagging skin and joint pains, etc. And you know, you've heard of people actually injecting collagen directly into their face or possibly other areas of their body. And what I am submitting to you is that in consuming exogenous collagen, that you can reap some of the same benefits as you did when your body was making more of it when you were young. Also, consuming food Foods like bone broth can give you plenty of this vital, vital protein. That's why I'm such a fan and talk about bone broth all the time. And mind you, I am, I eat a plant based diet 99.9% of the time. So as a 23 year vegetarian, it took some effort for me and I had to overcome some resistance to be open to consuming collagen and gelatin because they are in fact animal based. But frankly, I needed it and I wanted the benefits. And so I actually, on from time to time will consume bone broth as you know I'm certainly an enormous proponent of it I wish I consumed more of it when I fast or when I am looking 
particularly to heal bloating issues or tummy issues, then I definitely will go to bone broth first because it is such a good source of collagen and the benefits of gelatin naturally. So let's talk about what some of those benefits are and why even powdered collagen is such a useful, useful supplement to add into your diet. So one of the most obvious things that you probably already know or deduced about collagen is that it improves the health of skin and hair. So as we age, as I said, collagen production declines, which you notice in looser skin and more wrinkles and less elasticity and and that sort of thing. So when we increase our collagen levels, it can help your skin look firmer and it can increase smoothness and help your skin cells keep renewing and repairing normally. So yes, please, where do I sign? I actually consider collagen, exogenous collagen, one of the best natural skincare ingredients available. And as I said, it I don't inject things into my face, but I prefer to consume them. So according to some studies, collagen also reduces cellulite and stretch marks because when skin loses its elasticity as a result of decreased collagen, there's the side effect that is more visible cellulite. Because your skin is now thinner, cellulite becomes more evident, therefore cellulite becomes more visible. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's natural. It's normal. It's no big deal. Everybody should wear their cellulite proudly, like get out there, don't try and cover it up. So you have cellulite, so what? But let's be honest. At the same time, if we know a natural way that we can reduce the visibility of that cellulite, you know, again, like sign me up. This is not about shaming cellulite. It's about knowing what resources are at your disposal. Another benefit of collagen is that it reduces joint pains and degeneration. So this is huge for people who exercise a lot or, you know, anyone who's aging. When you get older, you feel a little stiffer. You feel a little bit more sore in your joints. That happens. It happens to most. When we lose collagen, our tendons and ligaments start moving with less ease and it leads to stiffness and swollen joints and so on and so forth. So collagen is gel-like, has a smooth structure, and it covers and holds our bones together. Together. So collagen allows us to move without pain. If you're ingesting more collagen, according to experts, it's like putting grease on a creaky door hinge. That's Dr. Axe's analogy. It helps your joints move more easily. It reduces pain associated with aging, and it even reduces the risk of joint deterioration, according to some studies. Again, I'll link to these studies in the show notes. So a recent study even found that collagen is an effective treatment for treating osteoarthritis and other joint pain and disorders. So let's talk about the gut because you hear me talk about bone broth and gut restoration a lot. If you have leaky gut syndrome specifically, and that's a condition where toxins are able to pass through your digestive tract and get into your bloodstream, collagen can be super, super helpful and healing. It helps break down proteins and soothes your gut lining, healing damaged cell walls and infusing it with healing amino acid. And the biggest digestive benefit of consuming more collagen is that it helps form connective tissue. And so therefore, it seals and heals the protective lining of the gastrointestinal tract. Now, I won't go on this time about how important gut health is. But if collagen can help heal leaky gut, you know, it's going to be good for you if you're suffering even just from IBS or acid reflux, or just sort of normal threshold gut disorders, bloating, inflammation, that sort of thing. 
So one of the most obvious benefits of collagen is that it strengthens your nails and your hair and your teeth. So if you have peeling or splitting nails, it might be that you don't have enough collagen in your body or in your diet. Collagen protein is the building block of your fingernails, your hair, and your teeth, which no doubt many of you have heard before. So if some of you are suffering ever from hair loss or hair thinning or the peeling nails that I mentioned, consuming collagen can help with that. I can tell you that I've started these vitamins, which I will share with you in another good, bad, and yummy episode. But between the collagen and the vitamins that I'm consuming now, I I joked on social media that my hair and my nails are growing like a cartoon. And so I attribute that to collagen and to my multivitamin. All right. According to Dr. Axe, collagen also helps improve liver health. So if you're looking to detox your body, to improve blood flow, and to keep your heart young, collagen is extremely helpful, he says. Okay. So there are many, many more benefits but I want to share with you some sources of collagen in addition to the powdered supplement that I will share with you. And when I say powdered supplement, it is straight up collagen and it doesn't come in capsule form. It's actually a powder. Like I said, I add to my smoothies and smoothie bowls. But when it comes to sources of collagen in foods, the main foods that you can consume that are high in this protein include beef and chicken and fish and eggshell membranes. No, thanks. (laughs) So bovine collagen. So that's beef collagen. It comes from cows. It comes specifically from their skin, their bones, and the muscles. I'm not going to go into a bunch of detail here because it sounds really gross, but this is why boiling and simmering beef bones with some vegetables and seasoning and thereby making your own bone broth is such a great source of this nutrient. Chicken collagen is another option, which of course is why you can make your own chicken bone broth or buy it from your farmer. Fish collagen is something that I didn't even really think of existing. But of course, collagen is derived from fish just as much as it is from beef or chickens, and it can actually be easily absorbed in your body. So it's actually a really good source of collagen. And here's the one that sounds grossest to me, eggshell membrane collagen. But egg collagen, which is found in the shells and the whites of eggs, so I am in fact consuming this, contains glucosamine sulfate, chondroitin sulfate, hyaluronic acid, and various amino acids that have benefits for building connective tissue, wound healing, building muscle mass, and reducing pain and stiffness. So that's great news for people who eat very little meat like I do, if any, that eggs are a wonderful source of this as well. Now, I don't eat enough eggs even probably to fulfill my collagen needs. So that is why I rely on a powdered collagen that I add into the occasional recipe, but mostly just into my smoothies and smoothie bowls. And to tell you the truth, I alternate between collagen and gelatin. And the reason why is because the gelatin adds, again, it's produced very, very similarly. And it actually adds, as you might imagine from the name, it actually adds a bit of a gelatinous consistency. So if I'm making a smoothie bowl, I will add gelatin instead of collagen and get more of a pudding out of that um, smoothie bowl. And there are so many recipes that use gelatin in fun ways. You can make fruit gummies out of real juice, out of real fruit and gelatin in some very, very simple steps. And the list goes on and on and on. We don't have time to delve into every single detail, but I'll provide some links to you in the show. So I do, in fact, use gelatin when I make a smoothie bowl, and then I'll use collagen 
collagen in just a straight up smoothie. Why? I just think it's beneficial to alternate, but I'll speak briefly to the difference between gelatin and collagen. Gelatin is actually derived from collagen. So when collagen breaks down, it becomes gelatin. So a good example of how this works is when you make bone broth. The bones are loaded with collagen. And as the bones simmer in broth during the cooking process that you want to last more than 24 hours, maybe one or two days, the collagen slowly breaks down into gelatin. So gelatin apparently is great for people with food allergies or sensitivities, and it helps your body manage difficult to digest foods better long-term by helping repair parts of the GI tract. So as a rich source of gelatin, sources of collagen like bone broth can facilitate healing of the mucosal lining, which means improvements in nutrient absorption and reduce your risk of leaky gut. And so in short, gelatin is full of the same stuff as collagen, just in a different form. So how do you add it to your diet? You can make or buy real bone broth, not off the shelf bone broth, guys. You want traditionally made bone broth. It's not the stuff in a box, even at Whole Foods. So you want to buy it from a farmer or from sources like Kettle and Fire, which I've shared with you before. I'll link to them so you can go directly to them. I think that's only in the US right now, but they have beef broth and chicken broth traditionally made and like hermetically sealed that could go to the moon and they'll deliver that to your door. Okay. You can also use bone broth protein in recipes, or you can eat a well-rounded diet that includes some of the foods that I mentioned before. All right. There are two brands that I recommend, and I'm going to share both of those in the post for this episode. So just look up episode 099 and you can see the two brands that I'm currently recommending right now. And by the way, sometimes, not always, if I use a product over and over again, and then I talk about it and promote it, then I will call the company and I will say, look, I'm promoting your product because I love it and I believe in it. So send me a a link that if people shop through my link, then you know it came from me. And sometimes they swing, you know, like 15 cents my way, but it adds up. So it's a nice way to support the show. It obviously costs you nothing. It's not like you pay more, but if you go through my links, it's a nice way to support the show and let them know that you're purchasing it because you heard it from me. Okay. That's the 411 on collagen and gelatin and why I think it would be a useful thing to consider adding to your diet. Now let's talk about something that I don't love. Today's bad is canola oil. You have heard me talk about this before and I will keep this relatively short today, but this is like the bane of my nutritional existence. So many healthy foods, otherwise healthy foods, are marketed as heart healthy and great for you. And they're made with canola oil, which in my opinion, others disagree, in my opinion, is disgusting for you. And it's one of the really, really, really uh, harmful and sneaky ways that we have contributed to the decline of our health in the Western world. So let me tell you a little bit about canola oil. First of all, what is it? So it used to be called rapeseed oil, and it's still called rapeseed oil in countries other than the U.S. And it was really, really cheap to produce, but people couldn't eat it because it contained some unfavorable substances. And those are glucosinolates, which I won't pretend to know what that is. The short version is they're bitter compounds that made the oil taste pretty bad. And then urusic acid, which I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. I even looked up how to say it, you guys. Urusic acid, it's E-R-U. 
CIC, and it's not in the dictionary, but uricic acid is a fatty acid that caused heart damage in some rat studies. Yummy. So anyway, the word canola came from Canada and oil. Do you love that? A bunch of Canadian scientists wanted to turn rapeseed oil into an edible oil because it was really, really cheap to produce. And so they used selective breeding techniques to create seeds that contained less of the harmful bitter substances. And that's where canola came from. It is derived from the words Canadian oil. Sometimes you hear good things about canola oil. I'll tell you some of them. It's marketed as an oil that's very low in saturated fat and very high in monosaturated fat. This is a good thing. It also possesses a beneficial omega-3 fatty acid profile. There's a lot of chatter about that. It's also mostly tasteless. So it's a good choice for baked goods or other things where you don't want to taste the oil that you're cooking with. But here's the deal. Canola oil took the market by storm when it was introduced for commercial food manufacturing purposes. And it's pretty inexpensive to produce, especially compared to a more natural oil like olive oil. But let's talk about how they make it. The procedure for making canola oil involves a combination of high temperature mechanical pressing and solvent extract, usually hexane. Hexane. Let's take a brief side tour into what hexane is. What is hexane used for? First of all, it's a chemical that's produced through the refining of crude oil. It is used for things like glue, leather, roofing, cleaning products, and textile manufacturing. It's now used heavily in the processing of soy and canola oil. But since this is not a show about hexane, I will leave it there and let you Google the rest and provide a link to an article about hexane. But hexane, not something I want in my natural foods diet. So after they refine canola oil with hexane, traces of the solvent remain. And like most vegetable oils, canola oil goes through the process of bleaching, degumming, deodorizing, and something called caustic refining at very, very high temperatures. So that can alter the omega-3 content that it boasts. And in certain conditions, it can actually bring the trans fat level to as high as 40%. That's bad. In many, many cases, people argue that canola oil is rancid by the time it hits the shelf. No, thank you. So here's the bottom line. Canola oil is made with a highly unnatural processing method that involves high heat, deodorization, and the toxic solvent hexane. And significant amounts of trans fats are formed during this process. Why am I so irritated by this substance? The reason I rant about canola oil a tad is because this is found in so many products that are marketed as healthy. And I have to pick on one of my favorite retailers of all time, and that is Whole Foods. Whole Foods charges, you know, a mortgage at their prepared foods bar and their salad bar. And 90% of the foods that they have prepared hot are made with canola oil. It's right there. They list it on the ingredients. And Whole Foods defends this vigorously. And there's a reason why. And the reason is because canola oil is cheap. And if they made everything in coconut oil and in olive oil and in avocado oil, you know, they wouldn't make as much money. Bottom line. So, I understand it from a commercial angle, but it irritates me no end as a consumer. Seed and vegetable oils are just generally unhealthy. This is getting harder and harder to dispute. So all of this begs the question, which oils are good for you? And I will share with you in the links an article from Mark Sisson, who 
gives this wonderful guide to all the different oils. So that'll be really, really helpful. The short version is coconut oil is boss. And if you don't like the flavor, olive oil is great in some applications. Avocado oil is another option, though pricey. And another option is to use bone broth when you're heating things where you might normally use oil. So for example, if you are sauteing veggies, try putting a little broth in the pan instead of oil. But at the end of the day, you can buy certain types of coconut oil that offer less of a coconutty flavor. Personally, I don't, I never liked coconut before. I have now come to like it, but I used to never, never like it. And I started cooking with coconut oil and I didn't taste a coconutty flavor, but some people are more sensitive to that. Anyway, I'll share the guide with you in the show notes that compares oils and lets you know what your options are. Okay, on to today's yummy. This is a simple recipe. As I said, I'm going to keep these recipes simple and clean because that's the way I like it. I cannot do complicated food, so I'm a great assembler, but I'm no chef. So every time I share a yummy with you, it will be something that I make myself or something that I've just discovered and am dying to make, which is the case here. So I found this recipe from at Lindsay Martin on Instagram. And I'm going to spell that because I want you all to follow her because she's a genius. And you can do that at Lindsay, L-Y-N-D-S-A-Y, period Martin. And again, of course, I'll link to this. Of course I will. She has a recipe for, I don't even know what she calls it. I call it beet balls. And they are these little fatty beet bombs that look like red velvet cake. And they're so beautiful. Of course, I'll post the picture. And I posted this on Instagram. So you can go check that out at On Air with Ella in Instagram. And the recipe is very, very simple. You simply blend cashews, shredded coconut, one beet, and she she blended it raw, some fresh raspberries, I'm sure you could use frozen in a pinch, four dates, one teaspoon of maca, a scoop of collagen, see how we just came full circle, some hemp seeds, and then two scoops of a vanilla protein powder. Okay, so she just blends all of that. And you know the recipe. You know I'll share this recipe with you. Of course, I'm not going to share measurements on here. You're not going to write it down. I wrote it all down for you. Just click on the show notes. But she just blends all of that in a blender, right? And then she rolls the mixture into balls and puts in the refrigerator for an hour to harden. And then when she takes them out, she rolls them in some more shredded coconut so that they're pretty. These are such a good idea for a super simple recipe for getting a great deal of nutrients in to getting some of that collagen in. I told you it was good in recipes and are rich in energy. So they have a nice healthy amount of fat that'll keep you sustained. And I would imagine, I don't know, Lindsay, I hope this is okay. I would imagine that you could live without the maca if that's not something that you have on your shelf. So that recipe will be linked to super, super easy. It's an Instagram right now. If you want to go check it out, look for the red velvety balls and everything can be found at episode 99 at On Air with Ella. I hope you enjoyed the good, the bad, and the yummy. Please give me your feedback. Let me know. And if you're loving it, you'll hear it every week. Go rock your day. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.